0: Well, good morning. Today is uh, Independence Day, but it's also a day that we come together and celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ has risen. Amen? And I'm I'm telling you, it's just nice. Uh, we've now got the, the pews arranged where they normally were uh, to some degree, and it's just nice to... Have some some folks back um we've had some of our folks who have been sick lately and they've they've uh been in surgery under the knife and they're here with us I see Latoya's over here we're so glad to have you here and the curly I mean, if it's McCoy is, you know, uh, hurting his legs from trying to kick on Shirley, or Shirley's hurting her arm from swinging at you, we we have both of you back. And Tegan is here with us. And I just saw Carol Geyer out here a moment ago. And so we're just so excited to have some, some of these faces back and to have you all here with us. You know, preaching can be inspiring and it can be informative and boring and awkward preaching can be challenging comforting confusing or downright chaotic it can make you laugh it can make you cry it can open you up or it can shut you down preaching can be bathed with stories filled with scripture crammed with definitions, or have exactly three points. That was funny. I don't know why none of y'all thought that was funny. Okay, never mind. It can be written on a napkin, read from an iPad, shot from the hip, or rehearsed from memory. It can be too long, too dry, or too scholar- scholarly. But apparently, it can never, ever be too short. Thanks, Lee. Appreciate that. Preaching can be a lot of things, and and most of the time I'm thinking about my audience. I'm thinking about you as I'm preparing and presenting a sermon. But, But every once in a while, I end up talking to myself in a room full of people. Now that's not to suggest that you're not listening, but sometimes as I'm thinking about a sermon, and even as I'm giving a sermon, it really is me addressing myself and my heart. And last week was one of those sermons. Maybe you heard something, maybe you were listening, but I think I was the one who needed to hear that more than anyone else. And so this last week, i did something that i should do every time i practiced what i preached starting sunday after the service i began to over and over again praying to god just asking him hundreds of times my constant prayer was that the holy spirit would open up my eyes and open up my heart Every day, every hour, I kept saying, God, please just open my eyes and open my heart. Allow me to see people the way that you see them and allow me to love people the way that you love them. I desperately wanted to see people the way Jesus saw them and to love them the way that God loves them. And let me tell you, when you ask for something, from God be prepared be prepared to be heard be prepared to be challenged and be prepared to be amazed just one day after I began that constant prayer asking for God to open my eyes and heart I got a phone call it was unusual timing for me. Wyatt and I had just uh, gone in uh, to the gym to work out, and the only reason I point that out is because I want you to imagine what I might be wearing as I'm getting ready to work out. I was in my, my old workout shoes, uh, a, an old t-shirt, and shorts, and we we're just about to to head over to the bench, and my phone rings. It, I, I, I mean, Two seconds later, and I would have been out of earshot of that, and I didn't recognize the number, uh, but I, I reached up and grabbed my phone and answered it, and it was the hospital, and one of the things that, that I have the um, joy of being a part of is a chaplaincy group uh, at Covenant Hospital here in Hobbs, and as a part of that group, it means that uh, every so many weeks, I'm on call, And it just so happens that I got the call. And a nurse was on the other line. She said that she was from the ICU, and there was a family that just had a a death, and they were requesting a chaplain. And I said, I am not dressed for this. Um, And I said, let me... Let me figure out what i can do and i hung up the phone and i thought it's 15 minutes home i've got to change it's 15 minutes back to the hospital I, I don't i mean and then i just said you know what i'm just i'm gonna go like i am and i'm just gonna if they say something if i have a chance to apologize i'll do it but i don't think that the biggest concern i hope the biggest concern was not the fact that i was wearing old gym clothes when i walked in there and so i I went into the hospital, and I visited with the nurses for a few minutes, and then I walked into that room, and there was a family surrounded by an older man who had just passed on. And it had just happened within 15 minutes. Just almost as soon as as he uh, passed away, the nurses were there, and they called me, and so I'd gotten there. And they were surrounding him. And I saw some things because I believed that God allowed me to. Because as I was going up there, my prayer was, my prayer was just this, God give me your eyes to see people the way you see them and give me your heart to love them. And as I stood in that room with eight other people surrounding, this man who had been married to his wife for 62 years and she sat beside his bed and just wept and wailed and grieved i saw brokenness and i saw grief and i saw heartache it was raw it was real and it was so painful and it wasn't because I wasn't with a group of believers it was because they were just in the midst of that pain I saw all that grief and I saw God in that room I knew That God was there. The next day I joined the youth group as they visited different members of the church. Last week was our work week here in Hobbs. We tackled yards. We cut down trees. We hauled off trash. We cleaned out garages. I just, I love, love love service week. I love being around kids. I love the fact that we get to visit people in our church and in our community. I love that we get to do tangible things for people. I love that that we have the before and after right there in an hour period. You can see something go from this to this. I love knowing that we're instilling in our kids the importance of hard work and to serving other people. It was just so great. But my continual prayer, even as we were loading up the trailer, is Lord, please open my eyes and my heart. And all of a sudden, middle school boys were easier to handle and harder to want to kill when I prayed that prayer. When I saw them goofing off and running around and playing, I just thought, you know what? God gave me a glimpse of a younger me running around and realizing that it's okay. But my favorite part was not just cutting down the trees and hauling off the stuff. It was, it was going into the houses to sing. Those members were right in front of me. But as I looked at them and prayed opened my eyes and opened my heart, I saw something different. I saw faithfulness and patience and passion and wisdom. They still had questions with no answers, but they also had faith without fear and love without limits. I saw kindness, and I saw peace, and I saw orneriness. I told you, I went to the Curleys. That same day, we got the news that Jennifer's uncle had passed away. And as we went later on that week to visit with the family, I saw grief, and I saw hope. And because of my constant prayer, I was able to see compassion and confusion. I saw empty voids, servant hearts, and a peace that passes all understanding. I saw healing. I saw healing happen in a way that I never thought it would I also saw a young man there who I will call Timothy over the past several years Timothy had been somewhat alienated from others in the family partly because some of his own decisions and partly because he was a victim himself he was hovering on the outside as we would come together whether it was at the visitation, in the family room, he always always seemed to be on the fringes. He seemed to keep a safe distance from others and others reciprocated. Not necessarily because of disdain or even some form of punishment, but mainly because neither him nor others knew what to say or how to say it. So here we are in this room we're just about to go in in a few minutes into the funeral and we're all in this waiting room and that's when my prayers came back to bite me in the corner of the room stood this 21 year old kid with arms crossed sunglasses on and standing all alone i looked at him god give me your eyes to see people the way you see them and give me your heart to love them the way you do. I saw brokenness. I saw anger. I saw hurt. I saw insecurity. I saw fear and bitterness and loneliness and I saw longing longing not to be alone and I saw Luke 15 explode in front of me the story of the prodigal son as I stood there waiting, looking at this young man, what I really saw was a young boy who was in the far country. You know, we make a real big deal about the son who's he's sitting in the pig pen. He realizes his situation and he comes to his senses. I love that phrase. He, he comes to his senses. But let me ask you this. Why did he decide to stand up, to point his feet towards home, and to start walking? I want you to listen to his reasoning in Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 17. It says, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and he went back to his father. why did he leave you could say partly because his conditions were so bad that he was he was at the the end of his rope he was at the bottom of the barrel he had nowhere else to go but i think there's another reason why he decided to get up he believed or at the very least he hoped that he might get a break that dad might maybe reluctantly let him in to the servants quarters it wasn't just about who he was and where he was. It was what he believed his father might do. And that's why we love this story. It's not about a prodigal son who spins extravagantly, but a prodigal father who loves lavishly and forgives recklessly. That's why it's such an amazing story. Did you catch where the son was headed? Did he say he was going back to his home country? Did he say, I'm going back to the house where I was born and raised? Did you catch where he said he was going over and over again? He says, I'm going back to my father. That's what drew him home. It wasn't that he wanted his own bedroom. It wasn't even that I want food. He believed, he had hope that if he walked back up that driveway, he would be met by a father who at the very least would let him be a servant. The father loved and forgave his sons when they were at home. They saw forgiveness. They felt love. They knew what it was like to be forgiven. So when they both left the house, they were able to recall a father who had grace. And they believed he could show mercy. Think about that. It's not just about the uh, son who came to his senses. It's because he realized he believed that he could be forgiven. How many people, how many of you are sitting in the far country, not because you think your conditions are okay and you're content with them, but you're afraid you won't be forgiven? How many people outside of these walls deeply desire to be in relationship with God but they're just afraid that before they can make it to the Father they'll be confronted by the big brother. How many of us have stood guard keeping younger sons from seeing the father how many of us have been so afraid of the unacceptance we receive from others that we never really walk home timothy stood in the corner of that room was it because he wasn't ready to leave the far country Or because he didn't think he would be welcomed back home. And the Spirit opened my eyes. But this time, we didn't look outwards. Instead of looking at other people, the Spirit had me turn and look at myself. I saw myself and I heard the question. Was I going to love like the forgiving father or judge like the bitter brother? God, give me your eyes so that I can see people the way you see them. And give me your heart so that I can love people like you love them as I walked across the room to Timothy I realized I wasn't just headed closer to a hurting soul I was walking closer to the heart of God because God calls each one of us to love and to be loved he calls us to forgive and to be forgiven. He offers us grace in giving us things that we don't deserve and He showers us with mercy by not giving us things that we do deserve. And as Jesus looked at the people in Luke chapter 15 after finishing that story, the big question hanging on the hearts and in the minds of people was this. Will you love and forgive like the Father? Or will you remain bitter and judge? like the older brother. I'm going to continue to ask that you join me in our homework this week. And again, I'm still talking to me, but if you want to join me in this, over the next seven days, my prayer is that you will just ask, Holy Spirit, please, Open my eyes so I can see people the way you see them and open up my heart so that I can love them the way God loves them. I want to close out in a prayer and then we'll sing a song of invitation. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Lord, I pray That you give us your eyes to see. That you give us your feet that move. That you give us your heart that loves. And that you give us your hands that stretch wide. They stretch wide in acceptance, in sacrifice, and in love. God, may we be more like you every day. And as we find ourselves walking to those who are hurting, may we find ourselves growing closer to you each day. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Please join me as we stand and sing this morning.